Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to the MatchNet Podcast. It is really, really good to have you all. We have a spicy episode for you all because this is hot off the press. We just came back from doing two simultaneous live large blessing ceremonies, right? Uh, for the 2023 Hyojin Cosmic Blessing. We have with us Andrea Kuhn and Yana Johnson and myself, Benji Uyama. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. We're yeah, okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> We're still recovering, tired. right? <laughs> so tired. Let's be honest. Tired. Emotionally, tired. physically, spiritually. So, so so happy and excited, right? But also exhausted. But we wanted to really highlight the the highlights of our experience. I wanted to do highlights and lowlights. But one of you guys, one of these fine ladies here didn't want to do the lowlights because they were maybe a little too low for us. <laughs> now you put me on this spot. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. I just like being dramatic and, and having cool thumbnails as much as possible. But this will do. <laughs> maybe we'll put do that thing where we put it in the thumbnail and then we don't even talk about the lowlights. We just clickbait it. We'll see. Or a part uh, yeah, Andrea and I were in Korea. We had the privilege of going to Korea to staff for the international couple. So we had about total 500 people, including like guests and families that came to Korea to to witness and receive the blessing. And Yana, what did you do over here? In Vegas, we had uh, about 47 couples and then their families it was 100 something that were staying and then around 300 that joined for the blessing day and banquet time in IPEC mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's a massive undertaking. Yeah. Yeah, so so we're just going to jump into it. And I think the purpose of doing this is we want to, yeah, we want to reflect ourselves, you know, because as the as the back end workers, we kind of see see everything. We see the, the highlights and the lowlights, but we want to highlight the highlights for y'all because it is exciting. It's, it's, it's in many ways, the blessing whether wherever you're receiving the blessing, the ceremony itself surrounding it can be a transformative experience, right? It's not just a ceremony. It's not just uh, an opportunity for to have a good time, but it can be a transformative experience. I think we've all witnessed that. And our goal as staff is to help provide that experience. So it's not just a, a one-time thing, but it's actually something that kind of catapults your relationship and your blessing forever, right? So maybe we'll start with you, Andrea. Give us, give us what you got. Show and tell. <laughs> sure. I mean, thinking of like a real highlight, or it was a moment for me. Um, so, so when we arrived, we had an orientation meeting, um, just with the North American members, and and I was just, you know, just starting to speak and looking out at everybody, and and I really suddenly choked up, and you know, like I was looking at this audience and seeing these faces, you know, and a lot of the people I know and. I know their journey and I know, you know, there were people there who were being blessed for the second or even the third time and who didn't lose their faith, you know, and they overcame whatever it was. And I, I just, yeah, I just, in that moment, I really felt like how Heavenly Father feels so grateful that these people are here, that they've overcome all these different obstacles. And, you know, some of the people I'd shared their journeys and, you know, and, and there were people there, too, who I knew needed special grace. And, and I know that some of them waited for years and years and felt so unworthy and felt so guilty about what had happened in their past. And yet they were here. And, 
you know, like we were all ready for this experience to receive this grace to to just have a completely clean slate. And yeah, that was a very powerful moment for me. And I just felt like, yeah, like this strong sense of unity that we're all there as equals. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past, whether we've been blessed before, whether we needed special grace or whatever the different struggle that we're all beginning again. You know, like the next day was going to be the holy wine ceremony. And it, it is, it's really like, you're a completely new person. And I, I just felt, I felt so much love for everybody in that moment. I really did. I felt a lot of compassion for different situations and just so excited about this new start that was going to happen the next day. So that was definitely my number one. Yeah. <laughs> like, just my moment with God, basically feeling how God feels. Yeah. I mean, because you've been, you've been acting as the, the BFM director coordinating this, this, uh, this venture of, of going to Korea and getting all these couples there. So you, you are involved in a lot of the lives, right. Of these couples. Yeah. So you have that, I don't want to say privilege, you know, but that, that perspective, right. Of knowing where they're coming from and, and what yeah. they're, what they've done to, to receive the blessing. Yeah. Right. I mean, it kind of is a privilege. I really feel like, you know, people trusted me. They shared their lives with me that they, they, they went, you know, I went a part of their journey with them. And so it felt very special and very personal. And, you know, like, and, and then again, on the day of the blessing, we, we get to the hall pretty early, like there's two hours before it actually starts. So that was kind of a relaxed moment for me. It's like, everybody's here now. We've, we've got through what we need to get through. And so that was when I could finally start talking to different couples. And I just felt so excited, like pretty much just the same as when my own daughter got blessed. Like I was so proud and excited and happy about all oh, my babies are getting blessed now. Yeah, it meant a lot these moments to be yeah. there. Yeah. Nice. That's fantastic. Do you have another a moment you wanted to share? Experience? Another one? I have one. I can we can jump back and forth if you want. Okay, you share one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because a lot of because I've been I've been having this the chance to go to Korea for many times. I don't know how many times since like 2014 or something. So uh I'm kind of like an old face there with the, like the Korean people and whatnot. And it's interesting because my, my personality is like, I do not get stressed by stuff. Uh, I, I do get stressed by stuff. And people that listen to this podcast know that I struggle with a lot of things. But when it comes to events and workshops and stuff like that, I, I, just, I just don't care enough, I guess, <laughs> about some things to let it stress me out. And so people are always like, Benji, are you okay? You know, you're, you're, you're doing so much. And I'm like, I'm just like, I have the time in my life. It's just fun for me. Uh, I, I'm up till, you know, two, three, three AM in the morning. Like we sometimes are right for these events and I'm just, you know, laughing, having a great time with whoever's happens to be around. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun for me. And, um, yeah, just, just laughing, just laughing, having a good time. Cause my, my threshold of stress, by the way, is like going to Korea for my blessing, not knowing who I'm getting matched to. Going to true parents matching, expecting true father to choose my spouse, and then being told to choose my own spouse within five minutes, and then having to make that eternal decision on the whim, right? That's my like threshold. Like that's stressful for me. So anything below that is like, this is nothing. I can take care of this, right? Um, and it's like we're parents, right? We have kids and we know how to deal with stress generally. Um, so I I just have fun. Like I've just over the years learned to just enjoy the experience and and actually. One thing I learned about myself is that I I have just become more chill and and because I know that I can't actually give more than I am able to give. Does that make sense? 
And I've tried very hard in the past to just like push harder, to have more willpower, to love more and just force love. But I've learned that love can't be forced. Love is only directly predicated and correlated to how much love we're actually feeling ourselves. You know, we, we can't give uh, from an empty cup, so to speak. We can't give something that we don't have. And I've just kind of let myself be okay with that and have the mental liberation and knowing like I can only give how much I can give. And beyond that, it's just forcing it. And it's not, it's not genuine, right? It's not, and it's going to break me actually. So I kind of just feel like, you know, this is what I can do and I'll just be okay with that. So anyways, I know you guys stressed a lot and I'm not downplaying that experience that you guys have had. I'm just saying there's something that's off. There's this loose screw in my brain where I just don't get stressed about like events and people not being able to fit inside the bus because there's not enough seats and stuff like that. <laughs> That's my department. So so now Benji touched on it the low light when when we didn't book we didn't book enough buses for a tour and I was really stressed out. It's okay. So I I can verify Benji's very calm. I was not it's okay. We but can I got, with it. I got over it. He calmed me down again. Yeah. No, my my son went to the hospital uh, two or three times last, last year. And he's okay. He's not, you know, it's nothing, you know, chronic, but, uh, I was just really surprised that I was like, all right, we're going to the hospital. Let's go get in the car, you know? <laughs> um, but so, so my highlight was probably eating fried chicken at heaven G burger. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, Oh, I didn't know they had father fried- made to mother made that place so that people like me can feel love just eating fried chicken. I swear she knew she made it just for me. They added fried chicken to the menu just so that I could enjoy it. That's Because <laughs> we awesome. went there. It was awesome. We went there and I was like, I want a burger. And they were like, we don't have burgers. I was like, what are you talking about? It's called Heaven G Burger. <laughs> and I was like, what do you have? <laughs> we have fried yeah. chicken. And I was like, all right, fried chicken. And I was blown away. This fried chicken was like Korean fried chicken on steroids. Anywho, um, I, I highly recommend it. But um, honestly, like very similar to you, Andrea, I, I'm, I'm not like... The whole, like, uh, what's the word, uh, pageantry of the Korea blessing experience is wonderful and great, and people appreciate that stuff. But I think when when God looks at the couples that receive the blessing, I think he's God is just happy that people are receiving the blessing. And God is just happy that two individuals, two families, two clans have found uh, people that they could learn how to grow in love with and are committed to doing that and committed to passing on this blessing tradition to their children. And I think that that's what gives God a lot of joy and happiness. So, so if I think about God's heart uh, regarding this blessing, I think everything else is cherry on top, you know, if you will, and an extra. Um, so I, I, yeah, that's, that's all great. But when I see couples that now at the risk of sounding like pretentious for saying this, <laughs> seeing couples that against all odds were able to find someone is really moving to me. And we don't talk about this often, but I think it's important to highlight because it puts a bit of perspective and gratitude, I think, in our hearts. When we find people who have been through the most dire uh, limitations, physical or emotional, and you know, not to get specific, but or or uh, um, experiences like being, you know, through marriages and divorce, having children even, and going through different tragic uh, experiences and tormenting um, patterns. And seeing those individuals against all odds find someone that is just like brilliant and and able to to love each other and and find the heart to give grace and learn how to love each other over the time of, 
a time span of their blessing, seeing those couples really moves me a lot, a lot. And, and I think the, the reason for that is number one, those, those individuals who have, you know, a lot of limitations in terms of their pool of opportunity, right? Because if you think of it as like a numbers game, it really is the case that for some people, it's just going to be harder to find someone. Hmm. Like, I don't know how to say that without, you know, but, but I think it's important because it gives perspective. There are like, if someone is, you know, in their forties, fifties, sixties has children been divorced, it's going to be harder for them to find someone. Right. Would you guys agree? Yes. But despite that, I'm always surprised there is always someone for some, for people, right? There always yeah. is, you know, and that's moving to me to see that. And because they had the, the courage and the faith to walk this, this path and, and have faith that there is someone and put themselves out there and put themselves on the line, go to the workshops, put themselves on the websites, invest in themselves, work on themselves, grow their capacity to, to love and, and, and go get themselves out there and open up their pool of opportunities to be open to different options. Right. And, uh, and that's cool. That's really cool. That takes a lot of guts and, and, and faith to do that, but also because it allows God to work, I think in their relationship. And on the contrary, I think when people limit their pool of individuals or opportunities, it doesn't let God work because you don't know. Like, I think any of us who have been blessed for a number of years can confidently say like, we had no idea that our blessings and our relationships would turn out as they are. We had no idea that our families and our kids would turn out the way they are. And if we had our own way, based on our limited understanding of ourselves and the world and God at the time, if we had our own way, we probably would have made a decision that was probably not so wise and wouldn't have allowed us to grow into the people that we've become. And I think that's really the magic of the matching process and how God can work is, is having that openness, right? So I was just watching a few couples, right? That, you know, just against odds, it just, it's, it's just, they found someone, right? And it's like, if that person can do it, anyone can do it. And that's what I really have to say, like regarding this post, if that person can do it, anyone can do it. Um, yeah, so that was my, my kind of key moment. What about yourself, Yana, or anything? Oh man, yeah, I was thinking of two, um, one, it's it's funny because I'm a very like visualization person, right? I was trying to tell the team like when we got to IPEC, because we there's a lot of planning for IPEC, just had to plan everything, right? Um, and the core team meeting for months on end about this, and then it's actually coming. And I just kept visualizing all the couples in their wedding um gowns and suits, you know, on the day, like even earlier and trying to get people to think about that because the excitement, all of those feelings, like knowing their journey, it's really such an honor, those moments. Um, but what was interesting was like, there's this one couple that walked in that I know, again, similar under like their journey where they've been. And for a lot of couples I'd been going through when we were putting the rooms together, right? We were like looking through at their pictures and trying to think, but this couple, I had never seen their picture. And it was just this moment where I was like, but I knew who they were so well because of just their whole situation. And I was just so happy to see them. And they looked so happy and bright. I mean, I was like, how was your flight? And they were like, it was terrible, but they were still so <laughs> happy. And I just felt like they kind of got swept up into like the excitement and energy and just this whole, you know, we talk a lot about the environment that you create. And, and I felt that so much love and so much 
thought and discussion down to these minute details of like the lanyard color <laughs> went into this preparation. But I felt that that energy could be felt by these couples coming there, that this was all for them, powered by love, powered by a lot of moms and families that were there, pregnant and all these things. And I just thought that was incredible. Um, and I guess one other highlight or moment because usually I, I was visualizing for the blessing day, but was the Holy Wine Day and um, the Holy Wine ceremony that we did. And before we had the honor to do it at the Chunchum one in Las Vegas, which I felt was so special. Like when mother created that prayer room, even in the speech, she says for like grace and blessing. And it was just really cool to be able to fit everyone there. It was a back and forth because we were so many couples and like, we were really max capacity, but it was just amazing. We all fit in the room. And um, I think for the couples, they were just so happy to be guided in. Like it felt like Chumpyong because mm -hmm. we had no chairs. They had to just stand in these rows. And so I had the job to like guide them in where to stand and try to make the lines. Uh, it wasn't straight. It was all crooked and uneven. <laughs> but like everybody was just so like, humbly coming in and going with the flow you know and even though it was probably hot and warm and like you know but I just was so moved by their heart to just we're all in this together and then there was this moment where everybody had to squish together to get the group photo and mm -hmm. literally like I don't know physically so uncomfortable but spiritually so happy like people were just beaming right and I think there were a lot of moments like that where it was still like chaotic or different things but people were just so happy and grateful and I felt like God and true parents like must be so happy like particularly at true parents house that this could be used to have the holy wine ceremony I think was incredibly special and um everyone felt it and was willing to like they knew like why we were making that effort to be all together in this one room and all of those things because it it was special to God and true parents and they felt that special too and I don't know I felt it too just like so moved by their hearts to to be willing to trust us and go through like the program and um yeah it was beautiful so that was a high, nice. highlight before the blessing and the blessing was great too but that was the day before yeah was that too yeah the first one was meeting the couple okay got it because yeah. like a lot of the couples I knew, I, I'd been looking at their pictures, preparing, but this couple, I'd never seen their picture, but I just knew who they were right away somehow. And it was just a cool mm -hmm. highlight. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Interesting. Interesting how our, our highlights are somehow related, you know? Interesting. Andrea, did you have anything to add here? I mean, I think one thing that was really great for me, you know, being there the first time and, and I was asked to basically lead this group and I, I honestly had no clue what I was doing. I, I felt there was such a good unity and so much support from all the staff from all the continents, you know, like there were a lot of kind of last minute changes, things we had to spontaneously deal with. And I always felt like straight away there was a unity there, there was no like barriers or conflicts or something you had to overcome it was it was very smooth and you know like Benji was assigned to organize the party and literally five minutes in I took him out of the planning he needed to go somewhere else 
and and people just stepped up and things really came into place and I, and I really felt like you know we, we live on different continents we have different ways of doing things and even our blessing prep is quite different there was really this kind of understanding even without speaking to each other like people would see a need and things went very smoothly and you know it's kind of like Yana said that there is there's a certain spiritual atmosphere surrounding you and I, and I think basically it is it's heavenly parents and true parents love it's like a spiritual bubble that somehow protects you and and guides you along in this and you know there were people who had real struggles and you know things happened to them people lost luggage and had no clothes nothing at all and, and still like everything somehow worked out like yeah there was this feeling of everybody being taken care of and being in this experience together and that that was really precious too nice yeah there was good team unity for sure yeah. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. You guys did a wonderful job. Thank you for your support. And yeah. hopefully the couples felt, felt your love for them, you know? Also, I just thinking like, I mean, to me, it kind of is mind blowing the scale that the blessings are getting at. Of course there's, <laughs> we wish it was a little bit more planned program. You know, there's a lot of last minute, the chaos hmm. with the scale, right? Because it's so many people and so many details. But one of the things I remember saying to the couples um, in the orientation day was like, you know, God was planning this from the beginning, right? Like this kind of level of to the minute detail of the attire and the thing for Adam and Eve's blessing, right? Like that heart. I think that's something Dr. Young or Mrs. Young have shared at different times. Like God was thinking already about their blessing day and then, you know, turned around and then Adam and Eve weren't there, right? It was like, but I felt that like, just like you were saying, Benji, about the joy and Andrea about the heavenly parents' joy. It's like, this is a visualization that God has been dreaming for thousands of years. And it's like happening at this scale. And yes, there's still a lot that we're figuring out as we go, but even just the scale of the amount of blessings. And I was trying to tell the couples in Vegas, like we're connecting worldwide at the same time with all these other couples. And we're a lot of couples here. But they're like 500 in Korea. I actually didn't know the amount, but like, you know, it's just, and then around the world by satellite, like that's, that's incredible. If you think about that. Right. And I just, yeah. So just the joy scale and excitement is, yeah. is unreal. Honestly, like mm. that, that magnitude, it's hard to grasp it, but you just feel it. Right. Like there's yeah. certain things that, yeah, because this is historically very incredible too. More it's life-changing. I really believe that now. Like I, I used to not think that one, like a one-time experience can change your life, but I've seen it too many times to not be convicted to know that it's, it's possible. And so my, my piece of advice that I gave to some couples before we started this Korea trip is I said, try to think, how can I, how can I have a life-changing experience from this and not just a memory? Like, how mm -hmm. can I see something different or perspective be changed uh, from this experience? And one couple I talked with uh, after the fact, after the blessing he said that his his relationship with true mother changed wow. completely because of this experience. And I was like, that's why we do what we do. He was like, I really connect with, you know, like true father and father's words. And I didn't, I didn't understand true mother until I went to the museum, which is in Champyong, right? Mm -hmm. And see about true parents' life. And I was like, wow, that's that's exactly why they made that museum. So good job. <laughs> A plus. And uh so, so that was cool to see, but I also wanted to share a personal, like I had one life-changing 
conversation actually that only lasted about three minutes, but it radically changed a belief that I had that was fundamental to, to my happiness and my fulfillment actually. And so for a little bit of context, it was a conversation I had with Matt Jones uh, after he gave a talk. And I was like, right before we were about to leave to Champyang, like a few minutes before, and I didn't have time. So we were talking on stage together after he was done, just like one-on-one. Um, so a little context, I have been struggling a lot recently in the last few months with um, with the idea of giving up control over my children, all right? And I know parents that are listening will understand this. If you're not a parent yet, then just listen carefully, all right? So I, I struggle a lot with this idea of letting go because my son is eight years old and he's kind of transitioning into the like teenagehood. Like I can feel that transition coming and he's already in school. Like people are, girls are coming up to him saying that they, they're, they're in love with him, quote unquote, right? And then he tells me that and I'm like, they have no idea what love is. Don't listen to them. <laughs> but so we're having these conversations and stuff. Um, no, he's a, he's a wonderful kid. He's a good kid, a strong conscience. But I'm feeling this like uneasy uncertainty and anxiety coming in because it's like, I can feel this need to let go and let him be his own man and make decisions on his own, you know? Um, and I can feel that. And then, so I was a bit like feeling uneasy going to Korea because we've had, you know, the last few months like this. And then I was talking with Matt, Matt Jones, who is a, he, he's an older uh, second gen. He's about 20 years older than me. He has six children and they live in Korea, right? So this guy has experience with kids. So I was talking to them and he was like, how are you doing, Benji? Right? Which no one ever asks me, by the way, at workshops, because I'm usually the one that's talking to people. He's like, how are you doing? How's life? And then I was just like, it's kind of hard to be honest, you know, parenting. And when I said that, he immediately knew intuitively what I was talking about. You know what I'm saying? He immediately knew what I was struggling with because we we're on like the same wavelength. And then he said, he shared experience with his, with his kids. And he said, the hardest thing that I've learned um, raising kids for the last 20 years, his oldest is, you know, 20, early 20s. He said, the hardest thing that I've had to do is let go of control and let them make mistakes and let them make their own decisions. And that's all he said. And mm -hmm. then in that moment, it's like a belief in, in me broke because I had a, I realized when I was reflecting on that conversation that I had a belief fundamentally that I know what's best for my kids. And if I can control, you know, to some extent, then it will, it will result in the best outcome for them. And that's like a deeply seated belief that I had. But in that, in that conversation, I realized that actually I don't know what's best for my kids. I don't. And ultimately my kids, my children do not answer to me. They answer to God and they answer to their conscience. Yeah. And then it's what, and it's important because I think we understand this intellectually. We know that control is not good. If we over control helicopter parenting, we all hear about that stuff. We understand it intellectually, but to practice it is harder to do. Right. And I knew that. And I know that because I'm a smart guy. Like I know control is not good. And I need to give freedom to my kids and let them, you know, make their own choices, but it's harder for me to do it in, in practice, even though I understand it. But what happened was I like, I changed my belief from I know what's best for my kids to actually, I might not know what's best for them. And if I do succeed in controlling my kids, which most of the time never happens, by the way, right? If we, if I look at all the parent-child relationships I know, the parents that try to micromanage and control their kids' outcomes in their lives never succeed. It actually pushes them farther away from what you want, right? If that, it like in, in a very rare case, does it happen where somebody actually uh, listens to you, right? And if I do successfully control my children and micromanage them, guess what happens? The worst case scenario is they become just like me. 
right? The worst case scenario is I don't <laughs> teach them to be better than me. Yeah, and they're yeah. just like me. You know, and it's not, it, of course, it's like some people hear that, but my belief, my personal belief is that my job as a parent is to make kids better than me, not just like me. And so it's like, it was very liberating uh, mentally and, and spiritually for me because it was like, I actually have to relinquish to God and they have to answer to God ultimately. Of course, I guide them. I'm like a captain captain of a ship that's like driving this thing, but ultimately they have to decide to stay on, to stay on the boat or to jump ship, right? And do their own thing. And that's okay because that's, that's their, that's their, their conscience. And they have to answer to that ultimately. So, um, yeah, this was a very like helpful conversation and, and like chain of events and thought patterns that led me to like having a different belief in the way that I raise my kids that I'm sharing now, because even though it's very personal to me, I hope it'll be helpful to some extent for people in different situations. And I learned that how powerful, if you change a belief, it can totally change your behavior from I want to be over controlling to actually don't want to be controlling because that's the worst case scenario. You know, yeah. Anyhow, just want to share that. I also feel like you really experience God's heart. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. Someone was always saying we always go back to Adam and Eve, but I think mm -hmm. about Adam and Eve a lot with the blessing, like we we're just talking about. And like, that's it, right? The freedom, you know, why God didn't intervene, right? how hard that is as a parent but why like god knows what you're feeling Benji, about that like the hardest thing to let go but like yeah mm. anyway that's what i was just thinking that's a very deep understanding of parental heart and yeah. also i know we're not this is not a parenting episode but people <laughs> love the parenting episode we've got a lot of what like we had a little meeting some of the matching supporters at clifton just to like hear about reflections from the blessing and couples they'd supported there and um one of Aunt crystal brunkhorst who works at the jinnah the preschool for many and she studied we were talking about children's education and she was saying that she studied like religious education in particular and she one of the biggest challenges is like we um when you're teaching, it's across the board, any religion, right? Teaching is that we try to do too much to the scripture and too early instead of tapping into their imagination. Like, what do you think an ideal world would be like? What do you think? Like getting that is so much more important for helping that moral compass develop. And I don't know, it was like a mind blowing for me. Like, mm. that's so true. Like this whole visualizing the ideal world, visualizing what God was imagining from the beginning for young children it's really important that they develop that kind of connection and not seeing things just like putting themselves in this sort of like uh extremes that happen sometimes when we get too too much with the scripture and wonder like what's the right thing to do what's the wrong thing and how to make ownership over your decisions so it's like the child side like as a parent i felt how do you help um cultivate that in your child their sense of wonder and imagination and desire to build this ideal world or like connect to god's dream if they genuinely feel that that's going to help guide them more than a list of right and wrong toward what hmm. what we hope they would live you know i don't know if that makes sense but to me that was also a moment this week that was like yeah. whoa yeah. and i just felt so much hope for the future and for as a parent how we raise our children because I think about it all the time. One day, hopefully, children going to the blessing, seeing the parents was a huge highlight, how happy they were 
to see their children, you know, getting yeah. blessed, just like you were sharing, Andre, like you felt the same. I think that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's very much a parental heart feeling. Yeah. See, guys, we're still learning. We're always curious. We're always trying to grow. We're always trying to learn, right? Andrea is the veteran parent here, raised, raised yeah, we're the young adult children. You know? <laughs> She's like, you have, well, guys have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it's all concept. Well, you're a lot less powerful than you think you are as a parent. That's what I realized. It's not just letting go. It's also realizing that you don't even have that power. And actually, it's good. You know, there are a few people I know, you know, who really had helicopter parents and they really you know, molded them and guided them. And, and and as adults, these people are not capable of living their own life. Mm. They look wow. for every step of their life. They're looking for someone else to guide them, whether it's in their job, whether it's in their relationship with their partner. They, they, they are missing that confidence and self-esteem to know I can make a decision. I know, you know, there's a part of me inside. I can trust myself to make decisions. And, and so it is, it's really important to let children have their experiences and, you know, believe in themselves. A child has to find God within themselves. I think that is really key and know that they have that no matter what and whatever else is going on around them or who they're living with or what circumstances in, they're in, that they trust in themselves and their relationship with God to guide them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's a key point to to end here on. And uh, we just want to thank you all so much for your support. We love traveling to these workshops and hearing how you guys benefit from the, the MatchNet podcast. Uh, I love it. Like uh, I go to Korea and people are like, hey, I see you on, you know, on the on the internet <laughs> and you helped me get here, right? Or something like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's humbling more than, uh, what's the word, you know, ego inflating. It really is. It's like, if you guys understand how much we as a team love the blessing and the matching process and how much we love you guys, then you'll, you'll understand how humbling it is to know that we can play a big role in your preparation and receiving of that blessing. Uh, it really is. So that's the only reason we do it is to help you guys. So please feel free to share this episode with somebody that you love and uh, your team, your matching team, and we will give you all the love in the world. Please join the MatchNet program at matchnet.us if if you want to really take this seriously and get ready for matching with all the education that you need in one place all right with that's all for now we'll talk to you guys in the next episode lots of love bye bye, -bye. bye everyone <laughs>